Hey everyone, welcome again to the Bat-Ass Podcast, the Batman the Animated Series show podcast where we talk about Batman the Animated Series. My name is Clay McCormick and with me as always is Sean Murphy. How you doing, Sean? Hey man, good to, good to be here. How was your week? It was pretty good. Uh, it's been getting kind of, it was beautiful out the other day. I'm not talking about weather, fuck that. Um, <laughs> we're here to talk about Batman. Uh, we're talking about two episodes the way we always do tonight. We're going to be doing paging the crime doctor and Zatanna. So let's take, or Zatanna, depending on what area of the country you come from, I guess. Uh, so let's take a quick break and then we'll jump right in. Paging the Crime Doctor, story by Mike W. Barr and Lauren Bright, teleplay by Randy Rogel and Martin Pascow, Pascow, directed by Frank Power. And in this one, Dr. Matthew Thorne, losing his medical license and forced into becoming the crime doctor by his young brother, crime boss Rupert Thorne, must perform delicate surgery on Rupert. He can't do it alone and kidnaps Dr. Leslie Thompson to assist. Batman discovers Leslie's disappearance and rushes to track her down and has an additional interest in Matthew because he was a medical school classmate of Bruce Wayne's father, Thomas. Um, mm. This one reminded me, did this one give you uh, a little bit of, um, what's the the one from season one with the flashback with Rupert Thorne where it's, or it, and the other guy? Oh, yeah, with the priest. Yeah. Um, yeah, with the train. Uh, yeah, a lot of uh, sepia tone flashbacks. Yeah, this one. This one had the same kind of like. Uh, it's funny that they use the same characters for this, or at least half of the same character. Because isn't I believe yeah. Thorn is the is the bad guy in that episode. Yeah, uh, so apparently it's funny. I, I don't love Thorn, but I I do end up liking a lot of the episodes that he's in. For yeah, some reason apparently uh, only the only the thugs, only the gangsters have room for uh, uh, familial backstory on this show. I guess. Yeah. Uh yeah, what, yeah, what how know, do you feel about this one? I you know, for a kids show, again, like I'm just so shocked that they like I loved it. I thought yeah. it was great. I thought it was pretty flawless. Um it wasn't uh exciting. It wasn't like a top 10 for me. It, you know, it, it it weren't it wasn't like a big set of anything cool that jumped out that I'd want to draw. Like it's it's a pretty um, you know, contemporary story. But you know you're doing a story about a, a crime boss and his how he screwed over his brother accidentally when uh, you know someone got shot and they didn't tell the police. So now he's trying to make up to his brother. I mean, like for a kids show, who the hell would think that that was a good idea? You know, right, right. But I loved it. <laughs> but I'm not a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but even as a kid, I I remember the part that really meant a lot to me at the very end was when Bruce asked. Um, Thorn, uh, his brother Thorn, if uh, mm-hmm. he could tell him about his dad, Thomas Wayne. Yeah, you know, I that was fine. The only thing that I thought well during that scene though was, why doesn't he ask these questions of Leslie Tompkins? She also was friends with his dad. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. This yeah, I had the same sucks. thought. No. Uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. It was, you know, this one and the next one also um, are are interesting. Because they yeah. uh, they both have honestly fairly little actual story going on. There's a lot of mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, implied history and stuff that you're not necessary. I mean, the next one you see flashbacks, but you don't really see flashbacks in this one. 
Um, yeah. And it's it's sort of a lot of talking around the history of these characters, and the actual mm-hmm. story you're getting is is fairly straightforward. I mean, if you yeah if you if you wrote down what happens in this episode on like note cards, it would be uh, Batman gets zapped in the head, uh, then Rupert Thorne has a heart attack, and his brother kidnaps mm-hmm. Leslie Tompkins, and Batman has to save help save Leslie Tompkins, and that's the end of the episode. Um, right. Also. Right. Uh, Batman, I, I was thinking about this cause he got, <laughs> he got zapped in the head and apparently got a concussion. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I, I, I was just thinking, man, Batman must have like the worst CTE. He, he must, <laughs> he must have like an intense case of CTE and right. it, no one ever talks about the, uh, the, the mental health and brain damage incurred as being by being Batman. I don't think, how come they oh, don't yeah, cover sure that he's... on this kid's show? Yeah, he's like a linebacker. Yeah, well, they're too busy covering uh, copyright infringement and all the other episodes that they <laughs> with the uh, Joker and the IP law. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I should should we should we mention that the Curse of the White Knight ends with? Never mind. That's too dark. I'm not even going to say. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there, I, know, I was, what... It was it was going to involve Batman leaving a note saying "Donate my brain to science," but that's all. That's as far as I'll go. Right. Yeah, that's um, fair. <laughs> Thanks for not spoiling it. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It, it's like it's a pretty straightforward episode. But what what makes it work for me, I think, is the voice acting. Yeah. Um, the scene where the Thorn brothers are arguing. It's such a nice es- escalation of tensions as they're fighting over what happened, and then they get louder and louder and more angry, and finally Rupert Thorn has a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that found that scene completely convincing, and yeah. I thought that the dialogue was really tight. Um, and I think Leslie Thompson Tompkins is obviously a great character. I love the woman who voices her. Um, she just has a very maternal, you know, tim- camber to her voice, I guess. And uh, yeah, I think that the char- the closeness of the characters and the interaction, because you don't often see Batman get you know fucked up, and right. he sort of hobbles into her office and just collapses. And yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, there's a lot a lot of nice things going on here, even though it is pretty much a straightforward episode. Yeah, and I and I do like uh, it's another it's another Batman on the sidelines sort of episode where he's kind of he's not really in it that much. He's not really a, a central piece of the story. He's just there essentially to to um, yeah. save Leslie at the end. Right. Um, so I, I do have th- three three beefs with this episode though that I I've, I can count. <laughs> oh yeah. One is um, Batman gets his ass kicked at least two or three times in this episode. Which I uh, see. Okay, so. <laughs> I re- I was gonna say I really like that because I don't yep. as much as I, I you know I'm I'm a person who uh, ascribes to uh, if given enough time to prepare Batman can beat anybody but at the same mm-hmm. time he's still human so right. I like seeing Batman when he's not at the top of his game that's why right. that's the thing that I always loved about the uh, Nightfall story when they introduced Bane is that mm-hmm. it's all about taking Batman to his mental limit. And he just right. can't, he just can't handle it anymore, and he's broken down. So w- when you see him in something like this, where he's not the uh, just a uh, unbeatable phantom, but he's actually mm-hmm. he's operating in the field with a concussion, and he's not exactly, <laughs> uh, you know, hitting all yeah. the punches and stuff. <laughs> I I appreciate that. I I, I like it yeah. when they do that. Well, you know, I can forgive the second and third time he gets his ass kicked because I'm like, well, he has a concussion. He's wobbling around, you know, barely on two feet, whatever. 
But what I thought was funny about the first time, in the, the opening scene, there's a fight on a bridge, and he gets his ass kicked. Mm-hmm. And they assume he went over the side of the bridge and hit the water. And they look down at the water and go, no one survives that fall. When literally everyone in this cartoon who hits water survives. Yes. <laughs> As we will see, uh, pushed to the absolute limit, I think, in the next episode. Yeah, uh, yeah. And also... I, I did like the trolley that he got away on. Like, he just happened to fall on a... Um, not a trolley. Um like a tram gondola thing. of some kind. Yeah. Yeah, tram. Yeah, I uh, I also thought it was funny that apparently the all of the guys in this, all of the bad guys are are just fairly generic looking thugs except for that one mm-hmm. guy who looks like a longshoreman. Like he just <laughs> he, does. he looks like Fisherman Gordon's fish fish sticks guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's they they put a weird amount of uh, emphasis on him when he yeah. doesn't really do anything spectacular. Uh except yeah. he does there is that nice moment at the beginning again uh Similar to what happened, I think, in the last episode, uh, or no, in The Man Who Killed Batman, uh, in where uh, Batman grabs the Tommy gun. He specifically grabs the gun and throws it away. It's those those little little details that they give to his character that I, I mm-hmm. really like. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the relationship between Leslie and um, Thorne, the, uh, the Dr. Thorne? Um, I thought it was pretty good. I It's... it's, it's it falls in that in that area of a lot of implied history um mm-hmm. so you're kind of uh you're kind of working on uh assuming that these characters know each other really well uh mm-hmm. there was um the i i i i liked the I liked how they didn't get into it because the stuff, the the tension that they give you is actually pretty mm-hmm. nice. Where uh, you know she's really kind of angry at him about stuff that isn't totally clear exactly what happened. I mean, he he, he involved himself right. in some sort of uh, uh, nefarious uh, crime right. doctoring, hence the ep- episode title. Um, yeah. but it's not super clear whether or not it was a person. There was a personal split, or if it was just the fact that he started working for his brother. But uh, what do you think? Yeah, I uh, my favorite line is when he he knows that they're going to kill her, and he convinces them to let him inject her because then there'll be no evidence. Mm-hmm. And uh, while they're holding her down, he instead of injecting Leslie, injects the other guy, the thug, with like a sedative or whatever, and right. he starts to you know do the right thing. And um, his line to Leslie is like, "Oh, he's fine. It's just a mild antiseptic. Like we've got to get you out of here. Like it doesn't matter." Um, saving your life is more important than being a doctor or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she goes, now you're thinking like a doctor. <laughs> and uh, it's just the kind of feisty line that I really like from Leslie. Um, and I, I thought it was a nice moment for them. Um, I do wish, though, that because when he first comes to her to ask for her help, he has the thugs kick down her door and she grabs a baseball bat before she even recognizes him. Right, right. I don't know why he didn't enter quietly, it, you know, just just him. And when, you know, he asks her, she says no, and then the thugs come in. That would make more sense. Yeah, or I was thinking, uh, as I was actually thinking a similar thing. Why not kind of uh, split the tone? So it's like he is trying to talk to her, but the, the thugs aren't wasting any time. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. it's like uh, he's trying to uh, appeal to her and be like, hey, you know, it's uh, Matt. And then the the guys just kick in the doors, and he's like, "No, no, wait, not yet." You know that kind of thing. So just to, right, to right. set up that that um, contrast yeah. between the how the thugs are treating her and how he's treating her, because yeah, it's yeah. really uh, he does approach her very ominously. 
Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> like imagine if I showed up at your house at midnight and I yeah. and, and I was like, "Hello, Sean. It's your friend <laughs> yeah. Clay." You don't even say your name. You kick the door in. You walk into my <laughs> office. You pull a picture off the wall. You tear open the back of it, and then you read the back handwriting. And I go, "Clay." Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what happens. Yeah, even not better. A good start, I, dude. You know, I I should. Can I try that the next time I swing by your house? <laughs> yeah, do it all. <laughs> I might uh, not stop Simcoe from coming after you. <laughs> Simcoe's my dog. For those who don't know. <laughs> um. What so I I really had a hard time figuring out what I want to draw in this episode. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I actually don't even know what I don't want to draw because nothing stands out as either or. I do you felt, have any thoughts? I felt the same way. I, I actually watched it again today, um, and I was I was it, it's remarkably plain. Um, yeah. The the most f- I I would say the flashiest thing in it is probably the opening car chase sequence but even even yep. even that is like it's not yep. anything more or less than we've seen previously um right the villains are fairly flat and i don't mean that in a negative way i just mean like it's not like the joker or riddler or anything you, you don't want to draw a sweet figure a uh, splash of a longshoreman yeah <laughs> just a, lo- a longshoreman with a tommy gun that would actually be kind of funny <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I was thinking, I was like, the most exciting thing to draw, uh, if I was going by, like, what would be the most exciting thing, it would probably be the opening yeah. car chase. Because, um, yep. I mean, there's all, it, that was one of those things where I was thinking about it, and I was like, well, I don't want to say Batman sneaking around in the office again, because there's only so mm-hmm. many times that can stand out as the thing that you right. are really excited to draw. Or um, I thought, you know, when he s- jumps off the building and saves Leslie... Uh, that's always fun because you get to play with gravity right. and you know very like uh, vertical shaped panels is always fun. You know, let me let me um, float one at you and see if this is okay. something that you would like to draw. Okay, Leslie's office, specifically her wall with her photos on it. Um, not if I have to do close ups because one of the things I hate drawing. And this goes for when they look at the old yearbook too. Mm-hmm. They're looking through these old yearbook. Photos. I hate drawing photos of people in comics. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> why is it? Because I'll draw a panel of someone, you know, looking off camera. But if you put a frame around that, shrink it down, and hang it on the wall, I fucking hate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I for it's for me, it's one of those things. Well, the reason that I that I I floated that as a possibility for you is I was thinking that you can. There's a lot of room for visual storytelling in there. Depending on yeah, what you decide yeah. to put on the wall, it's a pain in the ass. But yeah. uh, you know, if you really wanted to get in there in the in the minutia of it, you could really kind of right. go crazy. But yeah, it's uh, drawing photographs of people in posters. I hate drawing posters because yeah. it, I always end up drawing them. Um, you know, they're they're in the background, so you're not you're not pulling out all your all your tricks to draw a background poster. You know, right? Uh, some right. people do. You know, who does really great background? pictures and posters is uh george coelho you look right. at his yeah, background stuff is amazing he always puts in like yeah. if if there's a a photograph of a motorcycle that's like a centimeter by a centimeter on the page he is going to yeah. draw the shit out of it even if it's just that <laughs> big right um john, john paul leone does that stuff really well too yeah yeah he's he's unbelievable uh, at he does he has a skill that i wish that i had which is the ability to populate a space with mm-hmm. stuff and have it feel yeah. lived in and real. 
Um, uh-huh. I feel I feel like I struggle with that quite a bit because I it's I I'm not quite there as far as thinking of it like graphic every, like the whole piece as a graphic shape you know and you kind of whittle away. Right. I I'm, yeah. I end up thinking like okay here's a desk and what goes on the desk oh papers go on the desk oh there's a yeah. chair it, I'm not thinking of it, it it takes extra thought for me to think of it as like a as as a bigger a bigger graphic shape right yeah for me uh, like drawing a whole wall with stuff on it that's cool if if I have time like if it's a splash page or you know similar is um I drew a splash where Joker has this Batman altar and he's weeping in front of it mm-hmm. on his knees because he's obsessed. And I had a lot of time to draw a lot of toys and trinkets and merchandise, basically. It's kind of the same thing. I mean, there, he's not looking at a bunch of photos, but uh, you have to take detail and really pace yourself. You know, if you feel like you're starting to get distracted, take a break, come back, you know, because you can certainly make a lot of mistakes if you just yeah. dive into these things. Um, so I, I enjoy doing it if I understand its purpose. Um yeah kind of related i was going through an old older book i drew recently and i won't say which one it was but i remember really being uh really hating drawing some of the pages because they were complicated and hard had lots of crowd scenes and explosions and i didn't understand why like i felt like the writer was sort of just wasting my time or just drawing you know asking me to do crazy stuff because you know but I, I didn't think he had a really good reason for it yeah and i don't mind doing that stuff but when i'm writing it i don't mind doing it because i know that it has a purpose but if i think it's like masturbatory if i think that the writer's just doing it for shock value or just to fill pages it's like i, I hate that like i don't like feeling like i'm being abused by the, right. by the writer if that right. makes sense yeah yeah especially <laughs> especially if uh if if you draw that stuff as well as everyone knows you're going to draw it then everyone's going to be like ooh. What can I? What else can I get Sean to draw? Well, that's that's the thing, and I might have said this before, but I wouldn't. What made me start to want to write my own stuff is I felt like I was being abused by writers. I felt like I was the the Mustang that you rent, and you're like, oh yeah, fucking Mustang. All right, eight cylinders. Let's see what this baby can do. <laughs> Woo, you know, and you trash it. You beat the hell out of it. You're not careful with it. You're driving it through the dirt, up the mountain, down the side, and whatever. And I felt like a, a rental car that had been abused by people that don't know how to drive it. And um, I, I wasn't getting any easy-to-draw scripts. I wasn't getting anything that was like, you know, 10 pages in a doctor's office or people in an alleyway. It was all this – writers kept throwing crazy shit at me because I think they just felt like I could do it. And I could, but I just got <laughs> so burned out on it. <laughs> so, so, like, for me, I'm like, you know what? I might not be the best writer, but if I'm a car, I know how to drive my car better than other people do. So right. I can, you know – Right, right. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if you had to draw a crowd scene, like no one likes to draw crowd scenes, but if you wrote it yourself and if you know the emotional impact that crowd scene meant and, you know, what it did for the story and how you wanted to set and stage it, you would be much better at drawing that crowd scene. But if right. I wrote it for you and you didn't really understand where the story was going and I'm asking you to spend a day drawing a bunch of faces, I mean, that sucks. You know? Right, right. No, I've I've definitely run into that stuff before where, you know, you're kind of reading the script yeah. and you get to a thing that's a fairly extensive drawing day and if right. it doesn't make sense in the script for the, right. for the story it's really yeah. hard for it to make sense for me to do it you know yeah same here 
Yeah. Yeah. The biggest zapper of my energy is feeling like um, I'm drawing something very hard, and I don't know why it has to be in the story. Right. Right. I'm just I'm just expected to do it, and you know I can I can only do that for so many pages before I start to sort of tap out. Yeah. You know I I I for me it's when I hit those things too. I actually ran into this problem recently, um, and I had to remind myself that uh, I'm doing a job. And right. I have to bring my A game, even if it's not something that I, I is. I have to mm-hmm. attempt to bring my A game, even if it's not something that is like blowing my hair back. As far as right. either the images or the story or whatnot, it's like I, I, if if yeah. if I'm hired to do this job, I'm and I'm not the writer, and mm-hmm. I don't have that sort of input on the story. Then there's. I have to kind of like grin and bear it and just be like, okay, I don't know what's going yeah. on, but I need to give this all everything I can give it uh, because right. I don't want to – it's it's not fair to the people who hired me to yeah. not try and do my, the best that I can do. You're right, and that's that's what makes you a professional, um, and a lot of people struggle with that. I think that you know it would be nice if every day was an inspiration and every day you look forward to getting to your drawing table and you – the love of the story gave you extra energy to do your best on every panel. Mm-hmm. But some days you're just a plumber. You're like, right. I don't want to get under the sink. I don't want to bend over, wrench these pipes and get dripped on whatever. Like, but I got to do it because I got to get paid. Yeah. And um, yeah, sometimes you're an artist. Sometimes you're a plumber. And that's funny because I just finished a page that I was really happy about, of, you know, Batman splash, you know, uh, the kind of thing you all love to draw. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow I have to do a scene that I wrote where Matoya is giving a speech to the city. So tomorrow I'm a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it, but I know why the scene is there and I know it'll be good for the story, but eh, it's not going to be my best day, but and, I'll, and I'll, I'll you know, get through it. If tomorrow you decide that tomorrow's the day that you pick to, you know, refinish the countertop in your living room then uh, right. that's just the way it goes you know and it you know that page <laughs> exactly. will just have to be put to the side for a while um yeah you know the the other thing that's that's that i i kind of learned when i was writing my own book uh dead meat is i i learned it and i also used it as a learning tool um <clears throat> excuse me is that if you're writing your own stuff i feel like you have to you want you you obviously want to write stuff that you're going to want to draw, you know. Mm-hmm. However, I think you also owe it to yourself to write stuff that you don't want to draw, because yeah. especially where I was in my in my uh, development as an artist, I mm-hmm. knew the stuff that I didn't like to draw, and if I'm in control, at that point anyway, I'm not going to go out of my way to put that stuff in there. So I have to draw it because why would I want to give myself the 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 pain in the ass? So that's why right. I had I had to go out of my out of my way and be like, okay, yeah, this requires X. I'm not going to write around it because I don't want to draw it. I'm going to try and write it in even more forcefully because yeah. I need to learn how to draw this better and get used to doing it, so I don't hate it next time. Yeah, that's the right attitude, honestly. Like I, I always will. Um, if the story needs the scene, then I have to draw it. Period. And then it's my right. job to find a way to make it interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, if I can throw a cool car in the background or some cool signage or, I don't know, trees or something, then I can get into that stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I've never tried to um, 
you know, limit myself from drawing anything, even, you know, poker tables, which we all know I hate drawing. <laughs> if, if I wrote something, well, you know, that is probably the one thing. I'm just going to make it a pool table. But yeah. if I ever actually needed some uh, poker in uh, a comic, I hate, I hate doing it, but I would have to do it because the story comes first, you know? Yes, yeah. You know, I hear of artists like getting scripts and getting a panel of, uh, you know, crowd scene, and they don't want to draw a crowd scene, so they don't. They do a joke, you know, close up of Batman, and you see the crowd way in the background or whatever, and that's right. And you know, the writer just has to get those pages and just deal with it. You even though it's not what he or she intended, too late, it's drawn. You know? Right, right. Yeah. But it never occurred to me as an artist to just nick nix things like that. You know. Yeah. And you know everything that I just said. Keep that in mind when you read my next book, which is entirely takes place in mud and uh, broken pieces of wood. So I don't have to draw anything like buildings, yeah. or cars, or or horses because yeah. all the horses get blown up real fast. So <laughs> fuck horses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, so one other thing before I forget, yeah. um, the the uh, laser in this episode. Yes. It really has no reason for existing. It's no. not part of the plot. <laughs> It's, it's a, just a laser, and like, who has like a rifle-sized laser for surgery? Yeah, it's a medical laser that has a trigger on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll bet you that the script came in and they said, "This is great. It's very straightforward, though. I think we need something a little bit more for the kids. Let's add a laser." Yeah, yeah. I bet you that's what happened. Yeah, because it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't play into the story at all. It's not. I don't think he doesn't use the laser to to. To cut out that tumor in, in his heart, right? It's just right. They, it never shows up again, right? Yeah. If he said, "I need this laser to perform the surgery," then it would be different. But that's not what they're saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of. I'm actually kind of surprised they didn't do that because that seems like it would be an easy layup to make that actually make sense. I know. And the design, the labor on the laser is terrible because it literally has a laser written on the side. Yeah. <laughs> and again, Batman gets shot in the head with it, and he reacts as though he got hit by a truck. So I don't I don't know what this laser is doing, but it's not. It either it either doesn't fire a, a, a laser beam as much as like a concussive blast that can give you a, right. a concussion, or yeah. he got partially lobotomized by getting blasted in the face. Well, what's great is he was dodging laser beams, you know, and it's not like it's Star Wars laser beams. Like he dodged something moving the speed of light yes. three times yes. before he got nicked in the ear. Maybe he was just overwhelmed that he managed to dodge it three times at all. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe I did that. Holy shit. You know, zing. He grabs, Holy shit, I should be dead. He, he backflips over it three times and grabs the dude, and he's like, did you see that? That was so cool. <laughs> you, you're a longshoreman. Can't, what do you know about lasers? I can't tell anybody about what I just did. Uh, so is there something in it that you would want to draw? I don't know if you ever settled on anything. Oh, uh, you know, I might draw Batman unconscious on top of a tram <laughs> just bleeding out blood dripping over the side you could do like a pullback shot like something really simple like what jock would draw just blank background tram with some cables and stuff and then batman with his cape and just just red is all you need just blood dripping off the side <laughs> well sean uh actually he got shot by a laser so it would have cauterized the wound and there would be no blood oh, so. <laughs> damn it <laughs> Uh, I'm, you know, what, what, what would you draw? I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and say I would draw <laughs> Leslie's office specifically so I could work on making that a believable, interesting space instead of just a, a desk and a wall and a lamp. You know, well, that's that's impressive, man. I mean, I respect 
you as a writer and artist like writing yourself scenes that you don't necessarily want to draw I, that's that's not not everybody would do that you know that's why i'm special <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i appreciate it no it, you know it's just something you gotta it's so easy to backslide into stuff that you, you that you know you can draw and the stuff that you want to draw that it, you got to kind of remember to push yourself you know because you're going to end if you yeah. don't <clears throat> like anything if you don't push yourself you're not going to get better so yeah well, I agree. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to t- say about this episode? Do you want to give it a rating? No. Yeah, I'm ready to rate it. I'd give it a four out of five. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. it's one that I totally forgot about, honestly. Um, I didn't remember what it was. And then when I saw Leslie, it's, it started to come back to me. But I'm kind of annoyed at myself for not appreciate the, appreciating this one more. Mm-hmm. But uh, even as a kid, I remember liking it. But it never, like, as an adult, I'm happy to say that it really does. Uh, hold up pretty well yeah How I'm, you? I'm on the fence man because i i like it but when i think about that other episode with thorn and his uh brother or whatever which this is going to sound really hypocritical because if i remember correctly i didn't love that episode when we covered it um I i see how much story they fit into that this I, i've had this problem with the last few of them where it's it feels like there's room for more story, especially with the stuff that they're kicking around, like the relationships of of Thorn and Leslie Tompkins and Leslie Tompkins and Bruce. I yeah, I feel like I wish there was more meat there, other than just a quick, you know, uh, a catch, catch and uh, kidnap and and save kind of story. Um, right. I think it's there. Like I think the potential is there, but they just don't manage to get into it. Um. But yeah, I guess I'll go. With, I guess I'll go with a four because it does it does deal with stuff that's that's more elevated than some of the more uh, middle of the road Batman stories. I do, yeah. you know, I do love Leslie Tompkins because she probably is the most clearly written and performed character with the least mm-hmm. amount of screen time. Like she, yeah. Yeah, she. Uh, I don't even think we've. I think we've seen her like maybe two or three times so far, and yeah. her whole thing is very easily uh, grasped. Like her, the way that yeah. she talks to Bruce, the way that they interact, it's very clear what kind of relationship they have. Yeah, um, and all you get so much out of how she react, how she the relationship between her and Bruce, and mm-hmm. the fact that she she says oh i was friends with your dad that's like all you need and it it they they yeah. they milk that or they i should say they they've crafted that character and performance really well so you don't need a lot but you get yeah. a lot out of it yeah just the fact that she is very she can very casually and warmly call him bruce as he stresses batman yeah and yeah. he's fine with it um he, yeah she, this is i think the fourth episode she's been in um, but I, yeah, I totally agree. Like she's so, it's so clear who she is. It's just even the way that she's performed, the the voice of the actress, it's just yeah. You know, you can see why Bruce really likes her. You know, yeah. I, it's a, it's another credit to Andrea Romano, the casting director, and uh, and the uh, I yeah. think the I don't know if that's her full title or if it's something more than that. But she was in charge of all yeah. the voice acting and stuff. And it's yeah. everybody on this show is fantastic. Yeah. You know, even even when I watch uh, Star Trek TNG season two, I know everyone hated Pulaski, but it's the same actress as mm-hmm. we said before. Mm-hmm. 
but uh, I I love Pulaski. I think she's great, and uh, maybe it's because I have a, a sweet spot for um, Leslie Tompkins. Yeah, it's possible. Yes, they are kind of <laughs> they are more or less the same character. Yeah, yeah, a strong, independent woman, feisty doctor. Actually, yeah, they're pretty they're pretty much exactly the same character, <laughs> <laughs> although only one of them annoys Picard. Yes, yes. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so I think that's going to do it for Paging the Crime Doctor. We're going to take a quick break and come back with Zatanna. Zatanna, written by Paul Dini, directed by Dick Sebast and Dan Reba. And in this one, when the, glor- when the glamorous magician Zatanna is framed for a robbery during her act, Batman swings to her defense. Zatanna is grateful, though a little puzzled, by the Dark Knight's commitment to prove her innocence, but the two heroes unite and use the skills her father, Zatara, taught them to expose and combat the culprit, an evil illusionist named Montague Kane. Um, <laughs> I honestly didn't really care for this. It, I, like, I, didn't, I didn't hate it, but it's another one where I, it's so light on actual story and i don't even really know why zatanna is in this uh she mm-hmm. doesn't do anything like even when they are in the big climax on the the, the flying wing and stuff she's not really mm-hmm. doing that much she's just sort of there she punches the guy in the mm-hmm. face i guess but aside from that i, I i'm not and I, the she has a she has a magic wand that gives off sparklers so batman can see yeah. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like in the the backstory seems kind of superfluous. Like uh, think about all the other stories that they've done so far. I mean, I guess there's only really the uh the samurai one, but even that one, you know, mm-hmm. they they go to the they go to the trouble of doing a flashback into Bruce's younger life where he's learning stuff and yeah. that is a little bit more crucial to the story instead of just Oh, this is how he learned how to escape things. I don't know. I, right. what, how did you feel about it? I'm really surprised that you're saying this because uh, during that flashback, when I saw the underwater Houdini trap, I thought Clay's going to want to draw that. Yeah, like I and I thought you really would have liked the uh, the Battle of Magicians kind of theme that was going on. In this well, episode. yeah, I, if there was more to it, sure. It's I don't know. It was just. <laughs> Like it's it's another one where if you look at it on a on a note card, it's like two or three beats long. Once as soon as they yeah. discover that Montague Kane is the person who stole the money, the rest of it's a big chase sequence. I don't know, and right. like I don't even know what he, where he's going or what he's doing. He's just got a giant plane yeah. for some reason. I don't know. And for yeah, he makes his living debunking and embarrassing magi- magicians, and he apparently is a billionaire with yeah. his own. B thirty five Northrop. Yeah, it's apparently in this in this universe, it's apparently a very lucrative business. Yeah, I mean, so okay, I I love the airplane thing. I even looked up what kind it was, and uh, it was a real plane. Mm-hmm. They they tweaked it a bit, but it was cool. Did, and uh, I I love he, he seems like, seems like a great rocketeer villain. Sure, uh, but as a musician, as a, a magician, I kind of think he should have made his getaway on a train, and he had like a magic train car or something oh, that, that had cool. traps in it or yeah. something yeah you know like indiana jones and the last crusade uh the last the first scene where young indiana jones is like in the magic car sure, or whatever yes. 
Yeah. He makes us get away. Yeah, like that, that kind of thing. Yeah. I love the plane, but I don't see what the hell it has to do with magic or anything like that at all. Yeah, yeah. And on, kind of in the same vein, I don't, you know, the only magic stuff in this is is all solved by Batman and not the actual magician. You know, like it, right. it's it's just Batman walking around with Zatanna showing Zatanna what happened. It's Zatanna's yeah, not actually right. really in the story or yeah. really contributing to the story. She's just sort of there. Um Right. And it honestly it feels kinda like just an excuse to use Zatanna in an episode. And this this is yeah. uh the first I believe it's the first um outside of Batman D C character they've really used. Uh, because huh. she's not she's not primarily a Batman character. Her first appearance was in Hawkman in uh, 1964, right. and okay. uh, you know it was a it was a she the character she was on a quest to find her father. Um, and yeah. then after after they did Crisis, she's changed and stuff. But she she's usually much more of a uh, um, mystic arts kind of character than a Batman villain mm-hmm. or I uh, sorry a Batman uh, co character. Right. It's it's a yeah. strange it's a strange choice to choose for the first outside outside right. Batman universe character. I mean, I I have things I want to say to defend it, but I I'm, I'm not going to argue with most of your points. You're actually making very good points. You know, my in my mind this was always a 4 out of 5 star episode, but now I'm imagining uh if what what could be done to improve this episode. And you're right. I think you could do a lot to improve it. Um I think she should find out or just figure out that he's Bruce Wayne sooner, mm-hmm. so that as they go about, she doesn't these even crimes, know he's Bruce Wayne. I mean, she well, that's knows, what I'm saying. She knows he's that guy, but he, she doesn't know that well, guy is Bruce Wayne. Sorry, yeah, no, John Smith, right? <laughs> she should figure out who he is, and then as she helps him figure out clues, she figures it out before him because she's the better magician. And then the line can be, oh, you know, you stepped away from magic too soon or something like that. Sure, yeah. That would give her more empowerment, more urgency or whatever. Um, and, you know, and she doesn't have to know that he's actually Bruce Wayne, but just know that they had a relationship together in the past. Like, I would have played that card a lot sooner in this episode. Yeah, and, I mean, I guess they're they're drawing a line at the moment anyway because they get into magic later yeah. in the series. But they're drawing right. a line about whether or not she's a... a Vegas magician or like a capital M magician and in the comics yeah. she's like a sorceress she's got all sorts of right. you know uh, uh, extra extra dimensional powers and stuff like that which they obviously don't go into here but that would be kind of fun if they had done that yeah but just just I don't know have her do anything other than just be a, a vehicle for a flashback yeah 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 I hate that you're right <laughs> you know, I guess what, what what I like about it is she's like a little sister character to Batman. He doesn't really have any of those. Uh, Batgirl just isn't that for for some reason. Well, I mean, he's I a like little that, he's a little sister. If his sister wants to throw down and get freaky with him, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> According to Frank Miller, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but in this case, I feel like Zatanna. She seems like she might have a thing for John Smith, aka Bruce Wayne, right? But he doesn't return it. He just seems like he sees her as a little sister or whatever. Uh, you know, the minute she's arrested, he just rescues her and takes her with him because he just knows that she's not guilty and he's just going to help her prove it, basically, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I, I like the, 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 the their relationship a lot. But, um, yeah, it doesn't mean it couldn't be dr- drastically improved in this episode. 
Yeah, I it's you know I, it's just one of those things for me where it I feel like it could have been any character in that role. Like she's not really yeah. doing much that that makes her stand out any more than if it had been Renee Montoya, yeah, or something. You right? Know? I don't know. Like honestly, the better version of this episode, I hate to say it, is in season four when you have Etrigan and Jason Blood in it. Um, right. You want to go full on battle of the of the magicians. That's it. And right. that's kind of what this episode could have been. If, if, but maybe they didn't want to do magic in this version of Gotham. Maybe they wanted to just keep her like a, a tricks parlor tricks magician. Yeah, and that's totally fine. I think there's a lot in there too. I mean, especially if you've got a character, your villain is someone who goes around debunking magicians and stuff like that. I think there's a lot to yeah. chew on there. Uh, and I, I mean, I would love to do that story. Uh, Batman yeah. and, Zata- and Zatanna. And a, uh, I, w- I would love, if you want to go into things that we, that we would draw, I would like to take this story and do like a four-issue seat, uh, arc out of it and actually put some meat back on the bones. Um, yeah. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. But, and you love Houdini, as you said before, so I would imagine you would, the scene you want to draw is a better version of the flashback. <laughs> no, I already did that. There was a, an early episode where uh, the Joker put Batman in the water tank upside down, and I said I would draw that. So I've done oh. I, in, in this fictional universe where we've drawn all this stuff, I've already drawn that. Oh, I didn't know we were taking into consideration what we've fictionally oh, I mean, we drawn have, in I mean, previous We don't necessarily episodes. have to. I'm just choosing to do that. You know, you got to keep it fresh. You yeah. Know? Um, right, yeah. got to challenge yourself. But, but, yeah, I mean, just the... the the uh, Batman in the world of uh, illusionists, I think, is a lot of fun because it's all about mm-hmm. sleight of hand and all about tricks and, and you know, uh, uh, deception and stuff, which I think is, is right in line with, with the Batman thing. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't think they really do much with it here, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Right. Hey, uh, so the the bad guy did uh, he look familiar to you at all? Because I have a theory about him. Okay, what's your theory? I think he's based on Orson Welles. Yeah, well, he, uh, yes, he, I think you're right. Yeah. And his last name is even Rosebud or something, right? Uh, Kane. Kane. Sorry, yeah. So Citizen Kane. Yes, yeah. And um, the, I'm uh, sure the first one. The voice is very similar too. It's actually Michael York who's done a couple voices so far. Oh yeah, yeah. But it, it sounds a lot like um, Orson Welles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very, very well so funded. What's the, that, He's not drunk. <laughs> that uh, that plane that was a real plane because I I know I've seen that thing yeah. in stuff before, but I didn't know if it was a functioning plane or if it was just like a concept that never really flew. Yeah, no, it flew. There's a few. I mean, uh, there's the uh, Northrop B thirty five, which had propellers facing backwards and everything. It looked a little different. I don't think it had a full. Uh, restaurant on the inside with a bar and all that um but then the uh, nazis had them too like the first version of stealth bombers were um it created in nazi germany and you can i forget what they're called uh shit i actually looked it up like 30 minutes ago i was because <laughs> there was a handful of like wing only shaped plane designs from back in the day and even now obviously we have stealth bombers which are designed just to look like a frisbee in the air you know yeah the stealth bomb i was looking at that i was thinking oh this looks like the uh the uh art deco this uh ancestor of the of the um stealth bomber right they even yeah do they even use stealth bombers anymore or are those antiquated at this point uh the 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 blackbird they don't use anymore um 
They do use stealth bombers, yeah. They're shaped like um, they have jagged rear ends. Uh, sorry, the, the back part of the Frisbee is all jagged, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. They split up the thrusters to make them flat, so it's harder to trace with uh, heat-seeking missiles, and it's harder to pick up on radar, stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, because I, I, like I feel like the stealth bomber was a very 90s thing. Um, yeah. Like it, se- it was in, you know, I feel like it was in a ton of movies, ton of cartoons, Black Hawk Down, yeah. not Black Hawk Down, Broken right. Arrow, Broken Arrow, that's what it is. Right. Uh, but I feel like nobody, oh. nobody talks about stealth bombers anymore. So wait, in Indiana Jones 1, when he's fighting underneath the airplane yeah. with that big bald guy, that, that is, they're flying underneath a German wing-shaped plane. Oh, they are? Yeah. Uh, I have a picture of it here I'm trying to find. Oh, Horton HO-229, I think is what it's called. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a handful of them. If there's any plane enthusiasts listening to this losing their shit, I'm really sorry. I'm trying my best <laughs> to get it right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, pretty interesting. But, yeah, again, like I love that ship. That should be like a Roxy Rocket episode. That should be a Rocketeer thing. That, sh- that doesn't belong in this episode at all as much as I like it. Yeah, yeah. It's Yeah, it, it seems like it's a fun thing to do. But, yes, story-wise, it just doesn't really jive with anything else they're doing. Um yeah. Again, the villains really there's not really much there. Yeah. Um it's fine, I guess. It's not it's not terrible. The the flashback stuff is nice. Uh right. I think I think the flashback and yeah, I guess the relationship is probably the best part of it. Yeah, you know, when I think back to this episode, I, I think back to the relationship with them in the flashback scene. And uh the plane is cool, but I always forget that that's this episode. The uh <laughs> You know, even as a kid, the thing that I didn't want to draw in this, I don't know why I was having these thoughts when I was young. Uh, When they're escaping, Batman and Zatanna, they're jumping out. They fall out of the back of a plane or something. Mm -hmm. And there's this, like, orange plastic mesh fencing thing that falls out the back. And they manage to get caught up in it as, you know, dangling behind the plane. And animating that shit must be a fucking pain in the ass because you have to draw, like, you know... (laughs) negative space with all these squares yeah. on a piece of cloth-like object that's flapping in the wind. And they did it really well. And I, I wouldn't want to draw that for one panel, right. let alone one s- shaded cell. Yeah, yeah. That's when, you, that's when you're like, well, I mean, for this one shot, the, the sky could be white and I could just do a black crisscross. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking silhouette. I'm going to Frank Miller that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny you should say that because actually um, – uh, in the comics, traditionally Zatanna uh, wears like fishnet stockings, and right. apparently the reason that she did not have them in the show is because it's almost impossible to anim- animate that. That's true. You could just do a line and have her wearing slightly darker flesh-colored nylons, so it gets the same impression. That's true. Yeah. You're yeah, right. Warner Brothers. Yeah, this episode's Why you terrible. Me, because <laughs> you were like you were like twelve. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather have one about, you know, corporate uh, espionage or whatever the hell those other episodes were about. Yes. Oh, so, uh, yeah. Copyright IP and, like, copywriting your fish uh, poison. Yes, trademark <laughs> law. Yes. Oh, uh, sorry. I'm really tired right now, if you can't tell. I'm sorry I'm not on point like I usually am. <laughs> yeah, everyone's complaining. Um, so we, we, uh, we mentioned it a little bit in the last episode, but this is uh, – is, is this as far – as you can push the concept of uh, henchman falls off something which should kill him, but then lands in the water, because yeah. these yeah. guys fall 
I don't want to, you know, sometimes like I have through a, the clouds. Yeah, I, I tend to exaggerate, but these guys fall like 250,000 feet, I think. Yeah, it's like they're above the clouds and these guys fall and they survive. Yet Batman and Zatanna were afraid to let go because they didn't want to hit the water and to die. To be fair, <laughs> to be fair, we'd never see them come back up. So it is possible they die. That's true. He could have uh, killed them like he did Clayface. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if you, if you wouldn't want to draw the net, is there something in this that you would want to draw? Um, yeah, I think the uh, magic stuff is cool. I think the airplane stuff is cool. Um, yeah, you know, I, I did a pinup once of Zatanna that came out really, really good. It was just for a commission back when I was taking commissions. Mm-hmm. And it'll pop up on Twitter every now and then. And every time it does, I'm like, man, I nailed that. And I'm not great at drawing women. But the way that I rendered this one commission, whoever owns that, I'd be interested in buying it back, honestly. <laughs> because like, I wish all my women came out that good. And if you go online and just Google my name with Zatanna, you might find it. But oh, yeah. every time I, I just, try to draw a woman in comics, you I, got it? Yeah, I just found it. There's uh, two of them, actually. The, oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's the one, one where she's sort of sitting down with like a, a longer leg. Yes. Yeah, there's that one and there's one that's like a bust from like the mid-chest up. Oh, that's probably one I didn't want to do because I hate busts. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one's not too bad. Eh, yeah, no, the other one where she's like a full body. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That, that that came out nice. That's a good one. Yeah, the lips are a little weird. And you have creepy Batman in the Batman in the background there, but <laughs> I'm guessing that person paid 100 bucks for that and they should definitely flip it right now cuz yes. that's worth a lot more. Yeah. I that's <laughs> why I'm sitting on my Batman sketch. Wait, waiting for that price <laughs> to go through the roof. Um yeah. Who would have thought when I gave you that sketch it would have left to uh, endless friendship and amazing podcasts, which is priceless, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I think I would, I think I would like to get, I think you're, you weren't entirely wrong when you, when you said what I would like to draw. I think, I think I would, I would love to get into more of the magic stuff in this. And I think it would be part of a larger thing of expanding some of that and playing around with that a bit more. Um, it's showing, showing, uh, parlor tricks in a comic seems like an interesting Mm -hmm. challenge. Uh, cause yeah. you can kind of, uh, cut out a lot of steps or you can put in a lot of steps and make it really, uh, um, uh, a lot of attention to detail about hand movement and stuff like that. So that, yeah. that would be kind of fun. I, I think, I think Paul Dini just really likes Zatanna. Yeah. Because, uh, sure. I think he recently did a Zatanna comic. Uh, I think it was a Zatanna and Harley Quinn comic or something like that. So that makes sense. I, I wouldn't like, be surprised if he did Yeah, I think it might just be a character that he has uh, a fondness for. Yeah, I could see that. Um, shit, what was I going to ask you? And it feels like it feels like it's 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 a first appearance, but I don't know if she ever comes back. I mean, I don't know if she is. I th- I believe she's in JLA, um, one of the uh, cartoons after this. Right, but as far as Batman goes, I don't think she ever comes back in Batman proper, does she? Not in this series. No. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah, I, think, I don't think so. I think, I think the, the, the biggest downside to this for me is that there is so much potential and that it, mm-hmm. they never seem to really uh, uh, really uh, fully uh, exploit it. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, what would you rate this one? 
Well, I was going to say four, but then you convinced me that it sucks, so I'm going to go three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would do the same. It's I think it's fine. I think it's uh, you know, I've I've said I've said what I think about it. I think it's 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 solid. I think the action sequence at the end is fun. Um, but yeah, yeah. story-wise, I think it it could have been uh it could have been something special, but it's just sort of middle of the road right. for me. I mean, wait, so to go back to you drawing the uh the dunk tank and all that stuff. Sure. I guess the reason I thought you'd want to draw that is I I know you've said the dunk tank thing before, but there's a uh, spinning wheel with knives in it. There's all kinds of magic shit like all around the stage, um, and they even have like the old school lamps on the stage to light everything. Mm-hmm. Like I thought, yeah, forget the dunk tank, but I just thought you would have been all over drawing any kind of Houdini shit. Yeah, I mean, I know? would be down for that. I think that would be fun. Yeah, <clears throat> so there. <laughs> I don't know what that proves. <laughs> You, you got I, you got me, I guess. Yeah, suck it. <laughs> I wish I had like a buzzer noise I could put in, like a wah, wah. Yeah. yeah, I would drop this mic, but I don't want to break it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's going to be it for this one. Um, if you liked the show, if you'd like to give us a rating or review on iTunes, that would be much appreciated. If you got any questions or comments for us, you can find us on Twitter at Badass Podcast. That's at B A T T A S S Podcast. Or shoot us an email at badasspodcast at gmail.com. B A T T A S S Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, especially, we've got one more episode left to round out the second season. We're going to be doing The Mechanic mm-hmm. and Harley and Ivy. And then after that, uh, we'll probably be taking a, a, a pretty decent break between seasons two and three. But uh, I mm-hmm. figure we could do an episode. Um, there's not a movie really. There's not a cartoon movie that fills the gap as far as time goes. This time, yeah. Um, but I figured we could we we could do an episode about. I know you wanted to talk about Curse of White Knight. Uh, we had talked about maybe doing an episode that was all about the Batmobile. Maybe we'll do a couple. I don't know. But uh, I figured we yeah. could do a Q and A episode tacked on to one yeah, of those. Yeah, I so love those. If you've got any uh, questions, shoot us an email. And as we get closer, we'll put out a. Uh, a Twitter call for questions that we can answer on the show. Yeah, sounds great, man. Yeah, so that's going to do it. Um, Thanks for checking it out, and we will be back next time with The Mechanic and Harley and Ivy. (laughs) Let's go.